We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Hazardous Substance Process Management and Counterfeit Avoidance in China. I'm extremely pleased to uh, be bringing you today's show from London, England, where my guest, Mr. Chris Yao, and I are attending meetings of the International Electrotechnical Commission. Uh, Chris, and I'll be introducing Chris in a, in a few minutes, we also have Frank uh, Chano with us, a regular guest on the show from Goldberg Sagala. Good, good evening, um, Chris. Good evening, Stan. And good evening, Frank, and uh, good evening. Actually, it's evening for us. It's daytime for for the folks in the west coast of the United States, and um, it's it's uh, evening for you as well, Frank. You're in uh, New York or? New York, New York City. You're in New York tonight. Okay. Uh, Chris, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, good to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure having you, and uh, it's a pleasure working with you over here in London uh, this week. Um, a little bit about today's show. To start off, uh, it's a, a pleasure to remind folks that we're sponsored by two uh, very excellent organizations, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous uh, Substance Process Management Certification Program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance to the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about what uh, about the work rather that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at bqpm.com. Secure Components, another of our sponsors. Uh, Secure Components is an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. 
Um, Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit avoidance, uh, counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. The IECQ CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standard. When you need help finding uh, quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you'll want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about Secure Components and what they can do for you, visit their website at securecomponents.com. I've uh, indicated, as, or as I've indicated, we have Chris Yao and we have Frank Chano. Chris is the vice chairman of the uh, International Electrotechnical Commission, this is a mouthful, the IEC, uh, Conformity Assessment Organization, known as IECQ, and he is vice chairman of the Conformity Assessment Board Committee, what's called the CABC. Frank joins us, uh, as he has several times or many times now, and he's with Goldberg Sagala, and he's got a message for you before we go any farther. Frank? Thank you, Stan. I just wanted to remind the audience that my comments on the show tonight are not to be taken as legal advice by anyone. Every state has its own rules, and if anybody has any particular questions, they should contact an attorney licensed in their state, or they can contact me, and I can direct them, put them in the right direction. Okay. Um, Once again, Frank's with uh, Goldberg Sagala. Uh, legal firm out of New York, an excellent legal firm out of New York. And while he doesn't give me legal advice on the radio, he does help me in the background to make sure I stay out of trouble at least some of the time. Thank you, Stan. Uh, (laughs) All right. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on Chris's background, but needless to say, uh, he's a professional that has been involved with the IEC, IECQ system now for, what's it been, Chris, about 14 years, give or take a little, or somewhere in 10 to, 10 to something? Um, just about, yeah, we have, well, you and I have known each other since almost 10 years now, and uh, we were the first certification body um, to to be working with you, and we were lucky enough to be... Um, in this uh, movement since the very beginning, um, back in 2004, 2005 time frame, I think. And that's what it was, yes. Yeah. Frank, we have one of the leading experts when it comes to uh, hazardous substance process management and the implementation of that from a third-party certification point of view. Chris, as Chris points out, he's been involved in this and was, in fact, one of the, uh, well, the first organization worldwide to be working on this program. So any questions we have about hazardous substance process management and some of the things going on uh, worldwide with counterfeit, uh, we've got the man to talk to tonight. So um, let me also share that Chris's uh, primary station of operation is in Hong Kong. Uh, so he has a tremendous uh, advantage by understanding and uh, both the working environment and the rules and regulations of both Hong Kong, China, and the Asia community, Asia-Pacific community. Right. Um, 
With that said, I'm going to jump in. As our show uh, title said, we're talking about the Hazardous Substance uh, Process Management Program, and our work here in London is uh, centered on that, plus the counterfeit avoidance work that, that we're doing. Right. And uh, kind of jump in here a little bit, and uh, Chris, if you would kind of give us a, give the audience, if you would, an overview of the HSPM and uh, the important work that's that industry is doing, uh, particularly as you see it from Asia Pacific. Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, well, we remember back in two thousand two or so, um, two thousand two or so, right? Uh, the European Union had a, a new directive called the Rojas. Uh, well, we, we in Asia called it ROS, but you guys called it Rojas, <laughs> but they're the same thing. Yes. <laughs> um, well, a rose by any other name is still a Rojas. Well, ex- excellent <laughs> quote, uh, considering we are in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Um, well, Remember, back in 2002, the QC80000, the HSPM program, did not exist. That's right. But back then, all, all the buyers um, have been asking their suppliers uh, their strategies and their procedures on controlling hazardous substance in their uh, components and in their products delivering to these big buyers. And every buyer has their own strategy. Some are good, some are bad, some are really comprehensive, some are really simple. Uh, but it all comes down to is one supplier could be subject to audits from theirs and asking the same thing in a very short time. Um, I, had, I had a client who were audited 40 times in one year because of this. So it was in a very urge, uh, in a very big demand that a international standard is really needed to, to cover all this, to prevent all the buyers come to audit uh, their suppliers in under their own schemes. Um, so that's how QCD 1000 came into place. And uh, as soon as the standard came out, it really went uh, really sky high with the popularity and wide acceptance by the industry. As you're speaking about that, uh, Chris, I, a couple of uh, quick points. When we talk about ROHAS, the ROHS, or Restriction of Hazardous Substances, for the listening audience, um, it, it might be helpful to know what the, what the substances um, that we're looking at which one of the hazardous substances or what types of hazardous substances are covered under that again? Okay, um, the original Rojas, uh, well, there are a, uh, there is a new version of the Rojas now. Um, it's called the Rojas 2, um, but it covers the same, the basic six uh, hazardous substances. There are four heavy metals, which are the lead, the cadmium, uh, the chromium, and mercury. These are the uh, four heavy metals which are very common uh, in modern uh, electronics components uh, because it, and it is pretty much an essential uh, element in, 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 in the uh, soldering lead and, and, uh, and everything else. And then there are two types of what we call the frame, flame retardant substance which are additives 
to the uh, plastics uh, raw materials uh, well we know there well the, the the electronic components the their plastic case are, are molded with uh, the plastic raw materials and the uh, originally they added additives to the to the raw material to to make the the process easy to make the the product easier to come out from the mold right and and to keep it from actually flaming when it got uh, overheated, I believe is the other thing. Exactly, and these additives are carcinogens, meaning they cause cancers if were if they were absorbed in large quantity. Um, so these hey. six, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, I was about to say, does, does Rojas give civil liability, criminal liability, both? What sort of what sort of pre- prescriptions are there on the use of these items? Um, well, the 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 liabilities lie with everybody in the supply chain, so not not just the people making it. Uh, the Rojas um, clearly indicate that even what we call the distributors or the sellers, uh, whether they know it explicitly or not, uh, if they are selling this. Uh, electro- electrical uh, products with this hazardous substance in there, they are liable. Yeah, and that, that liability, Frank, um, to to uh, address that, when Rojas came out, one of the uh, sayings that was often used as it started being uh, deployed was, be a manager, go to jail. Right. The, Euro- the European Union directives... Um, range, they vary depending on the country, but they can literally put somebody, and what what they say in the directive is the executive management can be criminally charged and put in jail for up to, the worst cases, 10 years, and fines, depending on the country again and the circumstances, can be up to $15 million dollars. And here in the UK, where we're at uh, this week, uh, the way it's written, there are no boundaries, and the fines depend on the circumstances, it can, and it can go as high as uh, circumstances uh, warrant. Pretty serious. So, th- this is serious stuff, yes. This is, uh, as I said, the, the common terminology that was used when we started doing the training was be a manager, go to jail. And, and I think, Chris, you'll remember this. I used to tell people in training classes that if you wanted to get rid of your boss, um, send some bad product to Europe and then point at your boss because there's a good chance you could put him in jail that way. Yeah. Um, and, and, this would, I, and I think this would be on top of the civil liability that these companies would face for against injured consumers. That's true, too. Uh, we We had not... Uh, from my perspective, we had not gotten into that very much back when we started this. Uh, Chris, is that has that actually had any impact? I mean, are you aware of anything that's been done in Asia relative to that? Um, yeah, almost every country um, is uh, drafting or or have draft or even release uh, legal requirements in. Um, in similar terms as the Rojas, in almost every country in Asia, Korea has their own, China has their own. Um, uh, I know uh, Malaysia has one, India has one. Um, so 
pretty much every country has similar le legislation, uh, more or less covering the same hazardous substance. And mm. legally, legally, if somebody makes a mistake, they can be held both criminally and uh, what's the other term, Frank? Um, Civilly. Civil. Civil liability. Yeah. I mean, the big distinction, I mean, for, for those not as attuned with the legal system, there's generally two types of liability that a person or, an, or a company could face. One is criminal liability and one is civil liability. Criminal liability, as its name implies, could result in jail time to, and even fines and criminal fines and penalties. But, you know, it's actual time in jail, a real jail sentence, and uh, being away from your family for a while. Civil liability is what most people hear about with lawsuits. When one person is injured, they sue another person requesting only money damages. With a civil liability, no one goes to jail, but in countries like the United States, the damages that you face could be, could be tremendous, and they could put a company out of business overnight. Yeah, I, just to uh, to kind of tie into that just a little bit, and we won't uh, we won't get off on this tangent. But I just received today uh, a new um, communication from the U.S. government. Uh, it's called DFARS. Uh, that's the regulations used specifically for procurement for government agencies, and they have now enacted similar. Uh, liabilities for counterfeiting and the whole counterfeiting situation is such that they they're now doing the same thing for the counterfeit uh, products that wind up getting sold into the government agencies in the United States which I think is going to have another major impact on a global basis as well as uh, things going on in China uh, Hong Kong um, India, Africa. I mean, it's it's pervasive all over the world. Right. So, yeah, I, I I like to quote you an example when we come back from the break. I know we are coming to a break pretty soon. Okay. Um, well, you're absolutely right. I see that uh, we do have a break that we need to to uh, go to at this time. So. Uh, by all means, don't go away. Please come right back. And uh, Chris Yao from Hong Kong is going to share with us some additional information on some examples of what we're talking about right now in criminal and live in uh, um, what's civil. the other word again? Civil. civil. Yes. Civil, civil, civil <laughs> uh, penalties. We'll be right back, folks. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 
Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Hazardous Substance Process Management in China and Asia Pacific. My guest today, uh, Frank Chano from Goldberg Sagawa, and Chris Yao. Chris is the Vice Chairman of the IECQ Conformity Assessment Board Committee. And uh, Chris is a resident in Hong Kong. Frank is uh, a resident and uh, works out of New York. And Chris and I in London today, and uh, so we're we're kind of scattered around the world as usual. Just before the break, uh, Chris was about to share with us uh, something that has uh, clearly defines the criminal and civil liabilities associated with hazardous substance and the uh, process management. So, Chris, if you don't mind, uh, please proceed. Yes, definitely. Um- Stan, you probably remember in back about 10 years ago when we started the Rojas movement, they, there was a really famous uh, violation case by one of the uh, major international consumer products manufacturers shipping into Netherlands. At that time, it was a game console. You probably yes, remember that case? I, I absolutely do remember that case. Yes, um, that was a game console, the the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, the the chemical uh, levels on that uh, product were three to thirty times more than the uh, legal requirements in European uh, unions. Right. And not not only the shipments were banned to be imported into the country, uh, so they lost the entire sale uh, for the season. Plus, they were fined 18.5 million U.S. dollars for that shipment. I recall that very vividly. 
And one of the other things that I recall about that particular incident, and this has been repeated by other organizations, other major manufacturers and minor ones, um, potentially the, what was worse than the, the fine was the loss of um, product brand recognition. Uh, when when you lose when you lose the season and you're talking about the holiday season in December time frame I believe right uh, when you lose a season it becomes very obvious to consumers that something was wrong they may not have known exactly what it was uh, it may not have been communicated where everybody heard what was the problem but the fact that it wasn't available to buy uh, damages a company's uh, credibility and that's what happened to them and they spent a number of years trying to recover from that um, again uh, for the for anybody that knows who we're talking about fine but uh, we we try and protect our our folks by not uh, mentioning names um, and I guess Frank to that that note um, I mean, manufacturers have an obligation to do it right, and I assume that um, there's there's a right way, a wrong way, and and then there's some other way. Right. I mean, it, it seems that manufacturers could try and do everything possible to make sure they comply with all applicable standards, but it seems that they could unwittingly run afoul of Rojas or other standards and prescriptions, and they could be hurt, like you just described. So manufacturers need to think of ways, and distribute, manufacturers, distributors, anyone in the chain of distribution who could be affected by these types of laws, need to prepare themselves in anticipation of someone else's mistake landing on their doorstep. And like you said, Stan, there's a lot of different ways to do this. One of the ways I counsel my clients to do this is with the right contracts and agreements in place to properly define the duties and responsibilities of everyone in the, in the supply chain, or at least those that you deal with, and to make it clear who will shoulder the responsibility for any violations of any laws. So if, if I'm a U.S. distributor, I'm going to make sure that I have the right indemnity agreements in my purchase contracts for my suppliers to make it clear that if there's anything wrong with the products they're selling me, that the, my supplier will take care of that problem. And my fi the financial well-being of my company is not placed at risk. So planning with agreements is, is one of the most important things a company can do, aside from quality control measures and things like that. Well, if I if I may jump in, Stan. Yo, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with Frank um, uh, with the contract terms and the decorations and everything. But I like to share my experience f uh, of being in in this uh, industry for a number of years and being in this movement for 10, 10 plus years. Uh, decorations and contract terms are good. Uh, they need to be there, but a lot of times they are uh, they're useful uh, for. Uh, if you found a violation, so that's after the fact. Um, so if a manufacturer wants to really protect themselves, um, they really need to have a proactive programs on the supplier controls in addition to having those contract terms. Um, I'm sure Stan will agree with me on that. Absolutely, Chris. And I think that 
that um, that's kind of the the other part. Uh, as Frank and I have talked many times, the proactive piece from a legal standpoint is addressing the terms and conditions. Uh, and again, Frank, correct me where I'm wrong, but making sure that we've done all the due diligence from a document protection, uh, legal protection point of view. When we actually look at the ROHS requirements, um, there's a term in there, and maybe Frank can help us understand the term a little bit, but it's called that due diligence. Uh, The way we've interpreted due diligence from the industry point of view is by taking that proactive approach to preventing uh, problems in addition to the legal steps. Right. Frank, maybe... Yeah, go ahead, Frank. Yeah, and being proactive, there are two sides of the fence that need to be proactive on. And Chris is absolutely right. The best place to be proactive is to prevent the problem from occurring. And that's to properly monitor your suppliers, you know, doing your quality control analyses, your audits, and all the things on the manufacturing side to make sure things are made properly. And that's one side of the due, and that's probably that's probably the more important side of the due diligence that you're preventing the problems before they happen. The planning I'm referring to is a reactive plan, so that if you're a company and you are trying to do everything properly and you have taken all the taken the best steps that you can take to make sure the products are fully compliant, but still a mistake happened and you have non-complying products, the agreements come after the fact to ensure that when a problem arises, somebody else will be taking care of it. That brings up another um, interesting discussion. I, In my role, I was at the um, meetings last week, in, actually in Cleveland, where I was with the United States National Committee that manages the international relationship with the IEC, and this addresses all things electrical, electronic, electromagnetic. I carry a laptop with me. The laptop obviously has a battery in it, and I happen to be sitting next to a gentleman who worked for the company that manufactures my laptop. And we were talking about the... uh, the uh, counterfeiting problems as well as the restriction of hazardous substance. And I pulled my battery out and showed it to him and said, gee, you know, it was kind of strange that it it didn't quite look like the one I had gotten with a unit when it was brand new. And he went on to start explaining to me how uh, it was counterfeit. And it was a high probability that it was also not Rojas compliant. And all I did was told him that I had bought it online in the uh, auction-type environment that I had bought it from. And he made it very clear that in their system of due diligence, they don't allow their products to be sold except through very selective online stores. And he, he, the point he made was that they publish clearly that if you don't buy it from an authorized online store, it's either counterfeit or not compliant, but clearly it's not theirs. I assume that that's part of what you're talking about, Frank. 
It is, and that's that's very important. And, and that also goes with the warranty that manufacturers supply with their products. And the only way you can be safe is to buy things from authorized distributors and other retailers. We, we've discussed this in the past, and for consumers, from that point of view, the best line of defense is to be a smart, educated consumer. And when deals seem too good to be true, that's usually because they are. There's a reason that a battery costs, you know, X dollars from a, a retailer, but one half X from these other places. You 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 get what you pay for. Yes. Um, one of the things that was interesting to me, and I thought I I had heard just about everything, and uh, he started explaining to me that in the case of the batteries for laptops, uh, there are companies that have learned how to take the original plastic with all the original labels, open it up, replace all the inner parts to it so the actual battery inside, close it back up, and unless you take it apart, you don't know that you've got something other than an original manufactured battery. And as we all know, lithium-ion batteries actually will catch fire in airplanes when they get to altitude or various temperature changes, temperature and pressure, so... It was an eye-opener for me because I learned that I had a counterfeit. In this case, I had a counterfeit battery, which I've now replaced. But uh, Going back to Chris, um, these types of things, um, at the risk of uh, not being very uh, polite, and I don't mean to be unpolite or uh, not polite, but, you know, there's there is this ongoing concerned by many around the world that there are places where counterfeiting and hazardous substances um, kind of permeate from. Mm-hmm. And you happen to be in one of those areas that it gets uh, blamed for leading that process. Right. You know, I'm personally of the belief that they're having as much trouble in Asia Pacific and Africa and other parts of the world with uh, Rojas-type problems uh, non-compliance as well as the counterfeiting. Am I correct in that? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, that area happens to be a, a major, uh, well, it's an area where all the uh, suppliers of the world are located. Um, so by probability, they have more, uh, they could have more counterfeit and uh, substandard components uh, manufactured from that area. Um, that's true. I I personally have seen some. Uh, I, I I remember you told me a story too, Stan, by uh, buying a USB drive. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute! You you're gonna tell a story on me now? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, Stan were with me um, about five six years ago, and uh, we went to into that store. Where he bought a eight megabyte um, USB drive or something like that. It was it was supposed to be sixteen gigabytes. Right, and and that guy actually stuck into onto the computer and showed you that was sixteen yes. gigabyte or megabyte rather at that time. Yeah. Uh, but when we took when we took it back, uh, it was only like one or two megabytes because they actually wrote a software to show it's it, it was sixteen megabyte. 
And, and now, now let's be, let's let's put it in perspective. I am an engineer. I understand software. I understand testing. I spent years as a component engineer. So when I looked at what they showed me, I saw the application. They showed me the code. You know, other than I was only there for maybe five or ten minutes, it all looked authentic. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm defending myself now. <laughs> Well, whatever you say, you're still an idiot. <laughs> I didn't have Frank to get me out of trouble back then. <laughs> yeah, so 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 everybody experience um, with story like that, and it is quite common uh, in that area. Um, so as a end user, um, if, like especially for critical products like defense products and and critical products, uh, you need to be careful where they buy the components from. Yeah, and, we, and we, we can have, have a good laugh about these sorts of things, but you know, people need to recognize as well that these things are dangerous because they can catch fire, they can burn you, they can explode. So keep, consumers really need to be careful of what they're buying. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I I recently did a um, uh, an interview with the WCBS TV. Uh, network in New York, uh, the CBS TV uh, news station did a, a short piece on counterfeit, and they actually showed pictures on the TV um, of a telephone with a bad battery in it that actually oh. burned up. And as the story went, it was in somebody's pocket and caught right. fire. Well, there was some story about a uh, a battery in um, in an in an iPhone uh, exploded in um, in an Asia country about two years ago, and after some investigation, it turned out the um, it was a counterfeit um, batteries uh, and was it, well it, it, well I'm not saying iPhone used a counterfeit battery, but because the the, the phone was uh, being re-engineered by a non-approved non-authorized. Uh, reseller, so they used a uh, substandard battery, and that 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 showed that is a really serious problem. One of the things I like most about my job is I get to go into factories very often, and I get to mm. see how things are designed and manufactured. Right, and even the even the most simple everyday thing that you don't think twice about in your everyday life. A, a great deal of thought goes into making those things to make sure perform properly. And mm. what happens when when other comp when non when, when non manufacturers I'll call them mm. you know, non reputable manufacturers go out there and copy these things, they don't have a full understanding of the entire system in which they're placing the batteries or the mechanism which is operating whatever it is, is being operated. And these, the, the lack of understanding of what they're actually interfacing with, coupled with the fact that really using substandard products mm. will, will not allow the product to operate properly. You know, and that's why companies spend a great deal of time, money, and energy to make the best products they possibly can. And that's why... Things cost money. You you need to pay for the right quality. And I know myself. Absolutely. I always shop with direct to the manufacturers and, and manufacturer authorized retailers because I if you want to be safe, if you want your family safe, 
you need the quality. And that can't be duplicated. Well, uh, gents, uh, we're up on a uh, break that we need to take for station identification. Um, Mm. Invite the audience to uh, stay with us. We'll be right back after this short break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat.com at ECCCorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ECCCorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Hazardous Substance Process Management. We're talking with Chris Yao from Hong Kong, and he is the vice chairman of the International Electrotechnical Commission's uh, Quality System. Uh, The Conformity Assessment Board Committee is uh, what he's the vice chair of. And we also have Frank Chano from Goldberg Sagala with us. Uh, Welcome back, Frank and uh, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we've been talking about the various things that uh, you want to think about and uh, work on and verify and make sure when you're buying products. Uh, we specifically are talking about the hazardous substance uh, management systems and what it takes to protect yourself from the lead, the mercury, the cadmium, 
the hexylvania chromates and the flame retardants. They're starting to now move into uh, phthalates as well, Mm. which is a chemical used to keep plastics soft uh, and pliable. Uh, These are all things that the world has a lot of. I recently was sharing a report with Chris about the uh, European Union's activity to try and reduce these um, hazardous substances and how reports are indicating that they're still still nowhere near the uh, desired reduction of hazardous substances. A recent report for the first part of this year was 65% of the products tested were still coming in uh, outside of the specifications. Now, with that said, uh, Chris... We are coming up towards the end of the show, and I thought I'd uh, give you an opportunity to kind of share with the audience your thoughts on all this. Yeah, um, I think the, the high percentage was mainly due to the, um, the mechanism that the, uh, the, the, the responsibility lies on only on decorations and, um, and, and trust. Um, so th- I think that the question all comes down to um, two areas. If, if there are consumers um, in the audience, um, then I definitely would encourage all consumers to uh, enforce or demand uh, the, your suppliers or where, when you go shop your electronic products, uh, demand that they are uh, role compliant and and, and, uh, and does not contain any counterfeit uh, components um, by asking them to uh, making sure they buy from the reputable uh, suppliers and if they are manufacturers or, or buyers in the audience I uh, especially those in the uh, in in the US uh, um, I definitely encourage them to uh, uh, seriously consider having a supplier control programs um, in their uh, purchasing uh, arrangement. Um, simply relying on decorations or contract terms are not enough. Like Frank said earlier, uh, those are these, those are essential when when you have a problem and you want to sue somebody. You you need that in place for you to do that. But it doesn't protect you that the suppliers are complying. Um, so you need something to 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 be proactive to protect you from from this. All these standards were written with a lot of by a lot of professionals. We put in a lot of time to write those standards and write those management systems to make sure they are executable. Uh, it is sensible for the buyers to implement them. So they are not they are not there to just increase the doc uh, the the paperworks uh, of the factories. Uh, I think all this, uh, well, me as a vice chairman of the CABC, uh, I, I obviously um, are pro-adoption uh, of these standards, by, but me, I have another hat of being a, a product manager in a certification body, and I have personally audited several hundred factories uh, delivering these products, and, and I, I can tell from my heart that uh, having a proactive supplier con- Control program is the way to go. We cannot rely just on trust. So back to you, Stan. Well, thank you very much, Chris. And I, I echo your your comments there, uh, where we'd love to be able to, to live in a world where everybody could trust everybody. Uh, the term is trust but verify. Definitely. And, uh, the verification is essential. Um, 
not to mention we haven't talked tonight or today about the the ramifications of lead poisoning or cadmium poisoning, uh, the cancers and in, in autism that's caused by these things. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank, uh, before I let you get out of here, I know you have another meeting to go to, but uh, any last thoughts? You know, I, I agree with everything that Chris said. You know, proactivity is the key, both before and after something happens. And the only suggestion I could make to anyone both consumers and retailers retailers and distributors is know who you're dealing with. Before you enter into any business transaction, you know, have the faith and confidence to know that what you're buying is what it says it is. Manufacturers work hard to deliver safe products to you. You should protect yourself and your families by doing what the manufacturer suggests. Absolutely true. And uh, while we tend to speak primarily tonight, today on the uh, on this show about, and on all of our shows about the electrical, the electronics industry, uh, I think it's important for the listening audience to realize that we're really uh, talking about all products. Whether you're buying a pair of blue jeans, uh, a pair of sneakers, or um, your watch, uh, your computer, it, it's really everything uh, that you can possibly think of. Uh, anything man-made is, is subject to having some difficulties. So I'd right. like to thank uh, both Chris and Frank for being on the show today. Glad to be here. Well, it was my pleasure, my honor to be on, Stan. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for your continued support, Frank and uh, Chris. I know we have a lot of work to do this week, and uh, we're far from being over. Uh, I understand your meetings, uh, one of your meetings starts tomorrow morning, that uh, we're going to be talking about this very subject of uh, hazardous substance and the programs that are in place to help protect those uh, audience people, whether they're here in uh, the United States or anywhere else in the world. Yeah, definitely. We 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 work so hard to put these standards together. We we fly all over the pl- from all over the place to here just to want to make a better standards um, for the community. Okay. Well, I'd like to uh, take the last few minutes of the show today and uh, once again recognize our sponsors. And I'll start by recognizing. Uh, uh, it's the organization that Frank is with. He's a senior partner at Goldberg Sagala. And by all means, uh, if you're wanting to make sure you're doing it right or you need help um, being proactive or reactive, uh, give Frank a call. It's goldbergzagala.com. Um, Frank, if you're still there, you want to give a number, a phone number? Uh, I've reached at, nine, at, at uh, nine, 914. 914- Seven nine eight five four one zero. Okay, thank you for. Uh, caught him off guard, I can tell. <laughs> Sorry about that, Frank. I forgot my phone number for a minute. Uh, well, you, how often do you call yourself? You're not supposed to be calling yourself. You're supposed to be working for me. Anyway. 
Business and Quality Process Management LLC provides business process and quality management consulting training and software tools. Keep in mind that the principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program. Yeah, used now by more than 4,500 manufacturers around the world to demonstrate compliance with the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at bqpm.com. Secure Components. LLC is an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components was the first uh, company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit avoidance uh, detection mitigation process controls. They achieved that under the IECQ Counterfeit Avoidance Program Certification. Uh, this was achieved in accordance with the SAE standards AS6081. When you need to find high-quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you want secure components on your team. To learn more about secure components, you can find them on uh, their website at securecomponents.com. Um, once again, I'd like to thank Chris Yao the uh, Vice Chairman of the IECQ CABC and the fine work he's doing and Frank uh, in his support of what we're doing here on the radio show. Also like to remind folks that uh, the show uh, is really about bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. People to people working together for your safety is really a sharing of knowledge. I try and bring folks who have intimate knowledge with hazardous substance, with the ramifications of failure to comply, the the legal uh, folks, the folks that uh, help protect us from a legal, uh, criminal, and civil point of view. Um, you can also. I invite you to uh, send your emails. Now, I, we do tell you to send emails to me. It's chancelot at uh, eccorp.com, or .org, rather, .org. It's stan.salot at eccorp.org. Uh, you can also find me on my new website, which is www.stansalot.com. Uh, there's an opportunity there as well. Uh, to reach out to me if you have questions. Um, if you're in the industry and would like to be a guest on the show, by all means, get in touch with us. And uh, we'll see if we can't uh, add you to our our uh, cadre of subject matter experts that we bring on the show and uh, share knowledge. I'd also like to uh, recognize and thank the good folks at uh, Voice America who help make the show possible every week. Uh, Brandy Jackson is the general manager. I certainly appreciate all that she does for for us on the show. Robert Cellino is our executive producer. Randy Jackman is our production manager. Jeff Gilst is our director of host services. 
Brooke Ida is our marketing and social media. Yulia Koch, coach branding and people-to-people production manager. She's the one that really keeps me uh, on the straight and narrow and makes sure that I get the things done I need to do. As I sign off today, I'd like to remind you, and uh, more importantly, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to People to People, working together for your safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the effects of hazardous substances and counterfeit of consumer products could save a life. I'm your host, Dan Salat, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. 